In Romans 15, Paul summarizes his argument that believers in Rome, both the strong and weak, should be considerate and tolerant towards each other. He is primarily focused on those considered strong, appealing to them to be mindful of the weak whose faith may be fragile. By demonstrating love and avoiding behaviors that might compel the weak to act against their faith, the community can maintain harmony. Paul incorporates the teachings of Psalm 69, 9, Rom 15, 2 4, and encourages every member to follow the same path. He wishes for God to present the Roman worshippers with the fortitude to emulate the cherished example of Christ and the psalmist, 15, 5 6. This prayer signifies the first of five interspersed throughout the final sections of his letter. Its echo of another previous prayer, 1, 8, 10, subtly indicates to the readers that Paul was nearing his letter's conclusion. This suggestion is further affirmed in the next paragraph, 15, 7, 13, where Paul links the pastoral admonitions in 14, 1, 15, 6 to the entire previous argument, 1, 16, 15, 6. The latter parts of Romans are systematically divided into segments demonstrating Israel's present rejection of the gospel, exhortations to live consistently with the gospel, communities' transformation through God, competition-free community, loving one another and remaining steadfast, showing love for the weak, refraining from contempt, thoughtfulness towards the weak, Christological and scriptural basis for unity, and finally summarizing the letter and Paul's apostolic mission. The purpose of Paul's letter, in the context of his apostolic vocation, 1514-33, is outlined at the end. Also, Thielman emphasizes that both strong and weak believers in Rome are obliged to repay the debt of love they owe to each other. He calls for them to worship together and work collaboratively towards benefiting the community. Following the steps of Christ and the author of Psalm 69, they should focus on servicing others rather than being consumed by self-interest. This cooperation is crucial as it not only strengthens the bond of the community, but it also keeps the faith healthy and growing. He underscores how Jesus Christ didn't live for himself, but for the sake of others. He endured criticisms and even sacrificed his life for the welfare of mankind. The strong believers, who understand that nothing is unclean in itself, should not despise the weak, and the weak, who feel to abstain from certain things, must not judge the strong. Instead, they should accept one another, without arguing over opinions, to promote peace and mutual encouragement. Moreover, Thielman elaborates that by God's grace, Gentiles are included in the blessings of the Jewish Messiah. Their faith shouldn't be limited to only their countrymen, but should extend to all nations. He concludes stating that the endurance taught in the scriptures gives hope. As the church praises God side by side, it manifests unity. He accentuates that God's goal isn't merely individual salvation, but to create a unified body of diverse yet loving and accepting believers. The believers must serve each other, and accordingly, mirror Christ who is a servant for God's truth. The charity demonstrated in Christ's ministry should encourage believers to confer their material blessings on the needy. Thielman contends that the local needs of the church in Jerusalem reflect wider universal needs. Therefore, helping each other in times of difficulty is a form of fellowship. Furthermore, Paul seeks to offer guidance and support to the Romans through the use of three distinct parts. He begins by encouraging the strong to bear the frailties of the weak, rather than pleasing themselves, but should also strive to elevate their neighbors in an effort for mutual good and edification.
He then uses Christ as an example of selflessness, referencing a psalm where Christ sacrifices his comfort for others. The reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. In addition, Paul expounds on the value of Scripture, positing it as a source for moral guidance and affirms that its main purpose is instruction. It offers endurance and encouragement, fostering hope within its readers. This underlines the importance of maintaining a strong biblical foundation for spiritual sustenance and guidance. Paul ends by praying that God imparts on the Romans endurance and tolerance, like the patterns set by Christ. The mission is to unite them, to think alike, and to glorify God with one heart and voice. This way they can fully embody Christ's ideals in their daily lives and interactions with others. In essence, Romans 15 is an encouragement towards unity, tolerance, and demonstrating Christ-like attitudes within the community. Further, the chapter reiterates the essential role of Christ's teachings and the broader scripture in guiding Christian conduct. Besides, in Romans 15, Paul continues his exhortation to the Romans, encouraging them to live in a way that is consistent with the teachings of the gospel. This includes having a mindset that is transformed and renewed by God, fostering community without competition, loving one another, and remaining steadfast in a hostile environment. Importantly, Paul focuses on the strong and the weak within the community, imploring those who are strong to show love for the weak and vice versa. He asks them to refrain from contempt and to leave judgment to God. He wants them to be thoughtful towards the weaker members of the community who have a vulnerable faith. Then, Paul digs into the Christological and scriptural basis for unity among believers. He touches on the obligations of the strong to support and help the weak, a theme that is consistent throughout Romans. He encourages both the strong and weak not to please themselves, but to live in a way that reflects the life and teachings of Christ, using Psalm 69, 9, as an illustrative example. Additionally, Paul ends his rhetoric with a prayer, asking God to provide the resources necessary for both groups to worship him in unity. He wishes for God's grace to enable them to live together in harmony, putting aside their differences in pursuit of a shared devotion for God. The chapter showcases Paul's wisdom and skill in nurturing a community of diverse believers, asserting mutual respect, tolerance, and unity in Christ. Next, Paul remarks that strong believers have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of less strong ones and not to please themselves, particularly by abstaining from activities at common meals that could undermine the faith of the weak. This outlines a practical way of paying the debt of love. Paul identifies himself as one of the strong believers who are free to disregard Jewish dietary norms. The weak are seen as those whose faith is vulnerable because they adhere to dietary practices that are no longer necessary. Paul's primary concern is that strong believers, those who have the freedom to ignore Jewish dietary customs, may unintentionally exert an influence on the weak, causing them to violate their own convictions and possibly erode their faith. This could happen at shared community meals, where the weak might incorrectly accede to the expectations of the powerful despite their convictions, leading them into sinful patterns that could spiritually harm them. Therefore, from their position of power and asserted freedom, the strong believers should bear the weaknesses of the weak. The term bear implies not just toleration, but active support, similar to carrying a burden. It suggests taking on the weaknesses of the weak to avoid causing a fellow believer to stumble. This can be done by refraining from consuming meat or wine, 
or any other actions that could potentially be stumbling blocks for the weaker believers. Also, in Romans 15:2, Paul implores every believer, regardless of their individual strength or weakness, to hold a responsibility towards the community of believers. They are tasked with showing practical, sacrificial love to other individuals within the community for the collective good of the group. He uses the term each to underscore this individual responsibility and commitment to the community. Paul presents believers with the obligation to please their neighbors, not for personal benefit, but edification, a term he previously referenced in 1419, which referred to the peace and faithfulness of the believing community. He thus urges believers to contribute to the spiritual growth and empowerment of their fellow believers. Paul's use of the term neighbor harks back to his earlier teachings in 13.8.10, where he paraphrases Leviticus 19.18, a summary of the Decalogue dealing with human relations, and invokes the teachings of Jesus. This suggests that Paul is providing specific guidance to the believing community in Rome on how they can sincerely demonstrate love for one another. It's not only about personal spiritual growth, but also about upliftment of the entire community. Moreover, in Romans 15, 3, the point being made is that the followers of Christ should mimic his unselfish actions, specifically his willingness to suffer for others. The assertion is grounded in the teachings and examples of Christ, and supported by the authority of Scripture. Disciples should be unselfish in their relationships with others, just as Christ didn't exploit his status for personal gain, but suffered to help others. Paul's citation from Psalm 69, 9, might appear unusual, as it uses words the psalmist spoke to God, rather than something Christ himself said. Furthermore, in its original context, Paul's quotation refers to God, creating some confusion as the intent is to illustrate Christ's unselfishness towards humans. However, these concerns can be addressed if Paul's quotation is seen as an example of Christ's unselfish behavior as it aligns with the scripture. It demonstrates how both Christ and the psalmist showed an unselfish willingness to align with God's cause, even to the point of suffering the insults leveled at God by his adversaries. This self-sacrificial attitude is recommended for the relationships between the weak and strong in Rome, particularly the strong's relationship to the weak. In addition, According to Thielman's commentary on Romans 15. 4. Scriptural teachings offer guidance for believers on how to live according to God's principles. These scriptures urge Roman believers to remain consistent and grounded in their faith, despite any adversities or differences they may face. The texts act as a comforting resource, illustrating that other followers have experienced similar challenges and endured. Thielman posits that both Christ's example and the scriptures operate concurrently, demonstrating the same ethos for God's people and encouraging them to emulate it. He contends that scripture can provide both endurance and comfort. Rather than referencing a believer's general resilience, the term endurance in the context of Paul's writings pertains to the support and guidance the scriptures offer followers to sustain hope. This interpretation aligns with a subsequent verse, Rom 15.5, which characterizes God as the source of said endurance and comfort. The ultimate goal of the resilience and solace offered by Scripture is to foster and secure hope in believers. Paul often correlates maintaining faith amidst hardship with the prospect of salvation from God's impending retribution. However, in this context, Paul likely intended hope to convey the future unification of all nations 
both Jews and Gentiles, in glorifying God. Further, in Romans 15, 5, Paul directs his prayer to God, hoping that he may grant Roman believers the strength to overcome any judgmental and contemptuous attitudes they might hold towards one another, highlighting that they should emulate Jesus' selflessness and endure suffering for God's purposes. Paul's choice of the word now indicates he's wrapping up this portion of his message, 15, 1, 6. The optative mood used highlights that this section, 15, 5, 6, is a prayer, which is the first of five distinct prayers in the closing sections of his letter to the Romans. Paul mentions that the scriptures inspired by God are the primary source of endurance and encouragement for believers, as highlighted in the preceding verse, 15, 4. Therefore God, being the inspirer of scriptures, is the true source of a believer's endurance and encouragement. Paul's prayer is for the entire Roman Christian community to have unity in thought, promoting understanding rather than division. He doesn't necessarily imply they should agree on every minor issue, especially regarding the differences between the weak and strong believers concerning dietary practices. Instead, Paul's focus is on mutual respect and harmony, urging believers to follow Christ's example by prioritizing unity over personal preferences. Besides, in Romans 15.6, Paul expresses his hope for unity among believers in Rome. His desire is for them to unite in worship, glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one heart and voice. This unity in worship is the culmination of Paul's previous exhortation to the Roman Christians to set aside their differences, especially between the strong and the weak, and to love one another sacrificially. The Greek expression with one heart, omothumadon, conveys the idea of a group of people bound by a common purpose, expressing their shared emotions. Historically, this term has been used to depict groups unified in prayer or displaying a collective sentiment, whether positive or negative. Paul's choice of words indicates the deep, heartfelt unity he desires for the believers in Rome when they come together in worship. The idea of a united believing community in Rome, glorifying God, brings to mind the opening lines of the letter, where Paul greets them with wishes of grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1, 7. This continuity suggests Paul might be signalling the start of his concluding remarks. By invoking this echo from the beginning of his letter, Paul possibly underscores that a primary outcome of the gospel is the harmonious coexistence of believers, which is manifest in their joint worship. A subtle shift in the description of God from our Father, in Romans 1, 7 to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the later verse, might hint at the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. This Spirit makes believers children of God, equipping them to address God as their Father much like Jesus did. Additionally, Romans 15 discusses the importance of believers supporting one another, especially when associations with other believers might be scorned or unpopular. It maintains the need for unity in praising God. This concept mirrors Jesus' deep concern for his followers and their unity. A significant theme in Paul's writings is the call to imitate the selfless love of Christ. Paul draws several parallels across his letters. One. Galatians. Paul instructs believers to bear each other's burdens, aligning with the idea of Christ bearing our curse. Gal 6, 2, Gal 3, 13. 2. Corinthians. Paul speaks of not prioritizing personal preferences, but to model after Christ for the salvation of non-believers and the strengthening of the church. 
1 Cor 11, 1. In another instance, he points out assisting needy believers, drawing a parallel with Christ's sacrifice, where he forsook his riches to make believers spiritually rich. 2 Cor 8, 9. 3. Ephesians. Paul advises on being tender-hearted, forgiving, and loving, taking cues from how Christ loved humanity and sacrificed himself for us. EPH 432, 5-2. Notably, when Paul specifies which events from Christ's life believers should emulate, he often alludes to either Christ's incarnation, 2 Cor 8, 9, or his crucifixion, EPH 5, 2. In Romans 15, 3, Paul potentially alludes to Christ's crucifixion, referencing the reproaches the psalmist endured for God. The term is later used in the Synoptic Gospels, describing the mockery Jesus faced during his crucifixion from religious leaders and others. Matt 27, 44, Mark 15, 32. Also, Romans 15 reiterates the importance of imitating Christ's selfless actions, particularly his readiness to break social norms and dine with societal outcasts. Paul cites Jesus' interactions with those marginalized by society as evidence of his selfless love and hospitality. This was a practice that invited criticism from the Pharisees and scribes, as seen in various gospel accounts. The early commentator, Origen, interpreted Paul's reference to Psalm 69. Nine in Romans, as an allusion to Jesus' encounters with sinners and tax collectors. Notably, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, 11. One. Paul encourages believers to emulate his selflessness, which mirrors Christ's, suggesting the Corinthians to express kindness towards others through shared meals. A similar theme emerges in Romans. The main takeaway from Romans 15 is the call to the church and its members to show practical kindness and hospitality to fellow believers, especially those deemed weak due to their theological standpoints. Despite varying convictions, Romans 14, 1, 15. 6 underscores the allowance for doctrinal differences among those who recognize Jesus as Lord and believe in his resurrection. Such shared core beliefs unite Christians from diverse backgrounds. It asserts the dominion of Christ over everything and God's intent to mend the rift caused by human defiance. Romans 15. 1.6 highlights the significance of connecting with believers, holding these foundational Christian truths, and welcoming them into our church communities, whether symbolically, or literally. Last but not least, Romans 15 repeats the importance of unity within the church, drawing inspiration from John's Gospel. In John 15:12, Jesus strongly instructs his followers to love one another, underlining the type of love he showed them. Jesus's desire for unity among believers becomes even more explicit in John 17:21, when he prays for their oneness. The primary reason for this is to ensure that the world believes in his divine mission and origin. The church's collective witness about Jesus being Lord and his resurrection holds weight when believers manifest love towards one another. This love should be visible and tangible to the outside world. Hermann Bavinck, despite being a rigorous theologian, acknowledged the negative impact of divisions within the Christian community. He suggests that these internal rifts provide an opportunity for the world to mock and reject Christianity. Such divisions undermine the credibility of the church's testimony about Jesus. Bavinck poignantly asserts that divisions among Christians not only grieve God, but also contradict Jesus' prayer for unity. The lack of unity stems from human limitations, the cloudiness of our understanding, 
and the absence of genuine love in our hearts. He contends that believers should deeply regret the historical discord and divisions within the church, viewing them as direct violations of Jesus' desire and a cause for the world's disbelief in Christ's teachings. In conclusion, in Romans 15, Paul calls for believers in Rome, both strong and weak, to practice a spirit of tolerance and consideration for each other, underscoring the need for harmony within their community. He refers to teachings from Psalm 69, 9, encouraging them to follow the path of love, demonstrating the same consideration for one another as Jesus Christ and the author of the psalm demonstrated for others. His recurring theme is the need for unity and the importance of avoiding actions that could distress those with weaker faith. After offering a sequence of exhortations on maintaining steadfastness, mutual love, and consideration for the weak, among other values, Paul concludes with the mission of his letter and its wider contextual purpose in his apostolic work. Moreover, Thielman underlines the obligation of both strong and weak believers to repay their due of love to one another and to work together for the benefit of the community. Following Christ's example, they should focus on serving others, prioritizing communal welfare over personal desires. He insists on the need for acceptance and tolerance, urging the strong not to despise the weak, and vice versa. Explaining that faith should not be limited to one's own circle, but extended to all nations, he emphasizes Scripture's teachings about unity among diverse believers. He wants the church to mirror Christ, who was a servant of God's truth, demonstrating love while addressing the needs of the community. Drawing attention to the offerings of Christ's ministry, he prompts believers to show charity towards those in need, both within and beyond the church in Jerusalem. Furthermore, in Romans 15, Paul instructs the believers to bear each other's weaknesses and uplift their neighbors. Through his invocation of Psalm 69, 9, which discusses Christ's selfless actions for others, he accentuates the value of Scripture as a source of moral guidance, encouragement, and hope. Using a prayer, he asks God to provide the resources, endurance, and tolerance that would promote unity among the Romans and allow them to live out Christ's teachings in daily life. His overall message is a call to unity and tolerance and to manifest Christ-like behaviors, with Scripture serving as their primary guide. Lastly, Unpacking the final chapter, Thielman adds that strong believers should bear the weaknesses of the weak and avoid conduct that might press others to act against their faith. He calls upon every believer to seek their neighbor's spiritual edification, inspiring them to emulate Christ's selfless behavior and align with God's cause. In fulfilling these obligations, he posits that Scripture offers the necessary comfort and endurance, fostering hope among believers and uniting them in worship. With the closing sections of his letter manifesting in the form of prayers, the concluding desires of Paul revolve around harmony, endurance and unity among Roman believers resonating with Christ's ethos.